It's funny because every call you start with a client now is just, can you believe this? Like, you know, it's just such a weird thing and everyone is feeling that way. You're listening to Create Community. I'm your host, Marsha Drucker. On this podcast, we're exploring the human side of community. I'm chatting with some amazing community builders to define what community truly means. The inspiration for this podcast came to me a year ago. Together, Origins Media House and I pre-recorded and produced seven amazing episodes around community. Then a pandemic hit. It made the topic of community even more relevant. All of us are seeking connection, but especially in these times. I think we can all agree that it's now more critical than ever to maintain a sense of community and support. In this special quarantine edition episode, I'm interviewing guests from different parts of the world to learn how they're currently creating and maintaining their sense of community during these unprecedented times. Unlike our earlier studio quality episodes, this was recorded in the conditions we're living in now. I'm currently isolating at home and so are all of my guests. I hope that you can excuse the sound quality and enjoy the content. So with that, let's jump right into it. Up first, I'm joined by Vivian Kay, the founder of Kinky Curly Yaki. We chat about how she's maintaining her community as an e-commerce entrepreneur and single mom. Hi, Vivian. Thank you so much for joining me today on Create Community. Super excited to chat with you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So to start off with, Vivian, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you are in the world and what you're up to? Yeah. So, well, my name is Vivian Kay. I am just outside of the greater Toronto area, and I am the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki. It is a premium textured hair extension brand for Black women. And so it's a business that I started back in 2012. And, you know, I, I literally made stuff up as I was going along and I built it into a seven figure business. And so uh, that's basically my claim to fame, I guess you could say. Uh, and then I'm also a coach for e-commerce entrepreneurs who need guidance uh, in order to scale their businesses confidently. You have such an inspiring story. I think you're you're the real deal when it comes to coaching. I think there's a lot of coaches out there who, uh, you that's know, a whole other I, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're someone who's done it and scaled an incredible business. So tell me how the COVID-19 situation has impacted you. <laughs> and your I laugh to keep from crying. It's certainly something I was not expecting. I'll tell you that. So what I do is I do textured hair extensions for black women and my factories are in China. So uh, we've actually been affected by the COVID since January, since late January, because the factories didn't open back up after Chinese New Year. So our factories were shut down for six to seven weeks and we weren't able to get inventory in. And then, you know, a week after they opened, we shut down. So it's been, it's been pretty tough. And then all in the same week, the school shut down. I'm a single mom to a six-year-old. So here I am, a single mom trying to run her business and it's all gone to shit. <laughs> so it's been interesting to say the least, but you know what? I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years and I've pretty much been through everything. And now I can say I've been through a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not resiliency, I don't know what is. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, yeah. that's definitely one way to put it. 2020. That's that's the year that we built some yeah. resiliency. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have it before, you're gonna have you're it. Gonna, now. You're gonna have it now. There's mm-hmm. you have to. There's no other way to get around mm-hmm. it. So on the personal side of things, outside of your business, how have you been maintaining a sense of community during these crazy times of social distancing? Uh well, you know, I've always been a big fan of Instagram stories. Uh, I'm actually known for my Instagram stories. They're hilarious. So so I've just been using the opportunity. One of the things that I've realized is that a lot of people don't really know what to do in this time, especially as entrepreneurs. And so then my idea was either you have to be a resource to people or you need to be a relief. So I chose to lean heavily on the relief side. So I've been just showing, you know, the behind the scenes of trying to work from home with a six-year-old. And before this, we used to do, me and two friends used to do uh, karaoke. So we did a quarantine karaoke on Zoom where there was 20 women in a Zoom room with wine and alcohol and singing. Terribly off key. What I love to do is just help people laugh through this. And so that's my, (laughs) that's my thing. Like I love to just help people try and forget this really crappy thing that we're going through by just, you know, bringing some light. And listen, don't get me wrong. I have sat down and cried, (laughs) like literal tears sobbing. But you know, at the end of the day, what makes me feel better is that we're all in this together. So if you can be that person to just bring some joy to someone, especially people who are isolated and don't have any family or friends that they can really share with, I at least want to try and be that person for someone who may be just watching Instagram stories. For me personally, I've been following you for a while and your stories always just bring such humor and lightness and just kind of relief, like you said. So please keep doing them. They're they're helping a lot of people. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I will continue to be silly. (laughs) Awesome. So Vivian, my last question for you is, what's something that you're grateful for during all these crazy times? You know, I'm grateful for, I guess, being in Canada. Because we have it pretty lucky up here, especially if we compare ourselves to what's happening in the U.S. Um, I feel like our government is really stepping up and really making sure that they're keeping their citizens safe where, you know, it doesn't feel that way south of the border. So I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. I'm also grateful for you. Yes. I'm grateful for you because I mentioned there's some days where I just want to sit down and cry. And then there's people who are just trying to make the best out of the situation. And, you know, by doing something like this, it helps me stay me. Right. So I get to express myself and I get to be Vivian. Whereas now that we're not allowed to go outside, who <laughs> I don't really get to do that anymore. Right. So, so I'm grateful for I'm grateful for you and for people like you who are demonstrating the, you know, we got to keep going, the resilience that we need right now. So thank you for that. Vivian, that's so sweet of you to say thank you so much. I, I feel like Honestly, this podcast, working on it during this crazy time is something that's really kind of kept me afloat as well and has given me a creative outlet and just something to kind of pour some of my energy into and get lost in it. Been a really positive thing. And I'm so happy to have you on it. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and share your experience. You are absolutely welcome. Thank you for having me. Joining me next, we have Sophia Rodriguez, a community manager at Salesforce. We chat about how she's keeping the Salesforce Trailblazer customer community engaged with virtual events and resources. Hi, Sophia. Thank you so much for joining me today on Create Community. 
Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So to kick things off, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Where are you in the world? What do you do? Of course. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area of California in the United States. I'm currently a community manager for a company called Salesforce, and I specifically work for their Trailblazer community. And I've been in the community management space since 2013. You're definitely a veteran of the space. It's a fairly new space for sure. Tell me a little bit more about what you do in your role. It changes, you know, every day, but the best way to explain it is that we have different programs at Salesforce. So we have a user group program, an MVP program, and we have an online community called the Child Research Community. So my job as a community manager is to offer all of our customers the resources and support that they need to feel empowered and to be successful with our products and our resources at Salesforce. So right now is an interesting time to be in the community profession, especially working for a large company like Salesforce. How has this COVID-19 situation sort of impacted the way that you go about your role and what are some initiatives that you guys have rolled out to help ease that pain for your customers? We definitely saw that our customers were impacted by everything that has happened, but I think what we're seeing is that people are still looking for a way to connect. It's just shifted from being in person to online. That also means that they have time available at different times of the day. Sometimes we used to only host webinars or in-person events in the evening. That's now shifting where people can do it later in the morning, in the afternoon, or at evening time, or even listen to recordings afterwards. So something that my organization shifted to is providing content that was relevant to people only working online. We also changed up some of our webinars and events to focus on topics that would be of interest. So for example, where before we might be hosting an event around how do you host a successful in-person event? We've now shifted to offering resources and content for purely virtual events. And for our community, they are still finding the most creative ways to connect. They're just doing it all online. So we created this one repository where community members can share how they're meeting and where they're meeting. And I've seen all types of things from show me your pet meeting to let's talk about best practices of how to use Salesforce in our products. So I think the need to connect is still there, but people are getting more creative. Absolutely. That's so true. So those sound like really awesome resources for your community on Salesforce. If somebody who's not part of the Salesforce community, they wanted to check out some of these resources, are they available anywhere publicly online? They definitely are. And I encourage anyone listening to join, participate and get connected. First place I'll point you to is trailblazer.salesforce.com. This is where you can find those virtual events that I mentioned earlier. And if you're in the mood to learn or perhaps watch one of the webinars that I mentioned, go to trailhead.salesforce.com. Perfect. I'm sure that's going to be really helpful. I'm looking forward to checking out the guide about doing virtual events. I'm kind of in the middle of that with my own community. That's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. And then tell me on the personal side, how are you personally staying connected with your friends and with any communities that you're part of? Have you seen a lot of them shift online? Are there any cool new things going on that you've been able to participate? Yeah, I have. So For me, I've actually been meeting with people online prior to this whole shift. So I know a lot of my close friends struggled. They're the extroverts that need to be with people in person. But I was always used to talking to people on 
forums, watching webinars, watching live streams and connecting with others. A lot of my friends are also not in California. So I've had to talk to people in Chicago, in New York and in Europe. So for me, this wasn't much of a shift, but I am super happy to see that different companies and different organizations are making the shift. So it makes it easier to connect with others. And there's also a lot more fun things going on. There's a whole bunch of artists and festival groups that have been doing live streams of concerts and festivals. So that has probably been like one of the most fun weekend activities that I've done, just listening to a concert that before was incredibly expensive, not accessible, now is in the most comfortable place ever, just on my couch, and I'm at the festival. I love that. That's so true. There's so many cool things going on where either the price has like drastically been reduced or it's now accessible for free and it's accessible from the comfort of your own home. That's such a silver lining to this whole situation. So just to end off on, what is something that you're grateful for during these crazy times of social distancing? I'm super grateful for technology. I think if we didn't have our phones, our tablets, our computers, I wouldn't be able to still socialize and find that human connection without the technology that we have available. So true. I mean, I think it's something that we maybe took for granted before or maybe used in the wrong ways. But I think now just with this whole situation, the best parts of it are coming to life and really keeping us all connected. And that's something that I'm also really grateful for. Awesome, Sophia. Thank you so much for joining me. It was so great to chat with you. Thank you so much. Up next, we have Ash Kumar, a growth manager at VanHack. As someone who's already been working remotely for two and a half years, he has some great tips on staying connected and productive during this time. Hi, Ash. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to chat with you. Yeah, happy to join you, Marcia. Thanks for having me. So to kick things off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Just introduce who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to these days? For sure. Um, my name's Ash. I work for a company called VanHack. Uh, I'm based out of Vancouver. We help companies hire software engineers remotely and then in person once all of this COVID stuff is done. And yeah, you know, I've been remote for two and a half years. So a lot of people are moving remote, but I've been this way for a long time now. But I work in sales. And so it's always a conflict between my personality and where we are today, which is remote first. What are some of your top tips for working remotely? I think most of us have been at it for <laughs> close to a month now. How do you keep motivation up? Even though, I mean, right now is obviously a crazy time period. It's not like you're working from home. It's you're at home during a pandemic trying to do work. But still, I'm really curious, what are some of the tips that have kind of worked for you over the years? It's funny because every call you start with a client now is just can you believe this? Like, you know, it's just such a weird thing and everyone is feeling that way. So um, the feeling is everywhere. Uh, everyone feels the same that nobody can believe where we are and nobody can believe what we're going through. Yeah. So um, if people are feeling that way, that's normal. And that can take away your motivation, right? So I think that when you're remote, you don't depend on external sources for motivation because you're in a workplace, you've got your colleague sitting next to you, your boss comes and says, hey, have you done that proposal? You know, these things, they motivate you because now you feel like you're in that environment. Being remote first for two and a half years, some people may disagree with what I'm going to say. So um, there's a popular belief in the remote community that when you become remote first, your work and your life starts to blend into one. 
And some people can resist that. And some people will create really good structure. But these are the type A people, you know, people who, when they were in college, they wrote their papers two weeks before they were due because they were like, you know, what, I'm going to get this done. And what percentage of human beings did that? Like, I would say less than 10%, like maybe 20%. So those groups of people, they're going to be super successful remote. Then there's the group of people that I fall into, which is the really blatantly honest group of people. The ones that at some point you're willing to admit, hey, <laughs> this is really hard. And your work starts to blend into your real life. When I do remote first, I take the approach of, there are going to be days I'm going to be not motivated to do work. Definitely are. So I try to be structured about what I want to get done. And I have to get that done. So it's like, you know, when the alarm rings in the morning, you got to get up and you got to brush your teeth. You got to do this. You got to do that. So you make a list of those things that you need to get done today. And if you want to take a break, take a break, but then know that you're going to pay for that break at 6 or 8 p.m. And if you've got kids and things like that, you don't want to take that break. So you have to use other motivating factors. I think people who have kids and people who have other, you know, things that pull their time, they're not going to find it too hard to go remote. Uh, in terms of being organized. Now, people who like used to go to the gym in the evening, who, you know, were out with their friends, those people are going to struggle because it's like you have all of this time now, right? So I think the best way to go about it is like, don't be hard on yourself. Create structure as much as you can. Make a list of what you want to accomplish this week, this day, and just get that done. And try not to like, you know, push too much. And if you're in the zone, don't stop working. So that's my biggest advice to people is like, if you find yourself in the zone on a Tuesday afternoon, Work till 10 p.m. if you want. Like, just go for it. You know, if you have food and you don't have any other commitments, do that. And then on Wednesday or Friday, when you can't get as much done, you're not going to feel as bad. That's really great advice. I think for me, something else that I found really helpful was just not trying to fight my natural rhythm, I guess. Like, there are those days where I really get in the flow. And then personally, I'm a night owl. And I've always kind of tried to fight it. And I've always tried to like become a morning person. During this time, I just kind of let myself fall into it. And you know what? If I want to stay up until 2 a.m. and I'm in the flow and I'm working on something, if I don't have to get up early the next day for a phone call, why not? Like, why? Like if I'm productive during that time and then the next day I want to get up at, at 10 and start my day then, I don't think that's an issue. And I don't think that's something that you need to fight with yourself during this time. So in terms of your personal community, how are you staying connected now? What have you found to be effective to kind of limit social isolation? That's hard, you know, like being a salesperson that used to host lots of events and being remote first, in-person interactions were how I, I was social, right? Like, so uh, I've been playing virtual board games. I think everybody knows about Jackbox at the moment. So been yep. doing a bit of that. Um, I got a PS4. <laughs> like I, I never thought I would get back into gaming, but like so many of my friends, I think like I think like five or six of them have got PS4s recently. They're sold out on Best Buy, Amazon, everywhere on the internet. So good luck if you're trying to get one now. But uh, getting a gaming console um, and then like having my friends sign on and we've been gaming online a little bit, that's helped a lot. And then the other part about it is um, I try to bike over to like a friend's apartment and we speak from the window to the thing. <laughs> So I'm, we're like creating social distance hangouts uh, because sometimes you just want to be outside and as the weather gets better, like you don't have to go to a park and lots of people are there. You can still go stand outside someone's window and pretend you're in high school and, you know, just like throw a rock and be like, 
hey, I came to say what's up. Yeah, so, I, actually, I did that as well. One of my uh, one of my friends, actually another podcast guest on here, um, she lives in my building a few floors above me and we could see each other's balconies. We actually had like a phone conversation while like on our balconies and like looking and waving at each other. And it actually like it helps. You do feel a little bit more connected. So my last question for you is, what is something that you're grateful for during this crazy time? Um, I'm grateful for like being able to reconnect with lots of people that I haven't talked to in a long time. So um, I've had um, old clients of mine reach out to me, um, you know, uh, channel partners, uh, companies, uh, organizations that we partner with in some way, shape or form have reached out. Exes have reached out. Old <laughs> friends have reached out. Like, and like just people checking in on each other being like, Hey, you know, how are you? Like, you know, like, how is it in where you are right now in the world? Um, how are you doing? And so I think that that's been amazing. Like just to look back and be like, well, this is what's important. Yeah, that's something that I'm really grateful for too. I've had a lot of great conversations with people that I like haven't had a chance to catch up with in a while, but now there's really no excuse. And I, I do think that's something to be really grateful for. Ash, thank you so much for joining me. It was really great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marcia. Last but not least, we have Doina Ansel, the founder of a nonprofit called Hervolution. We chat about the barriers her community of low-income young students are facing and the LinkedIn campaign that she created. Hi, Doina. Thank you so much for joining me today on Create Community. Super excited to chat with you. Thanks, Marsha. Thanks for having me. So to kick things off, let's start off with getting you to introduce yourself and the organization that you're working on. So my name is Doina, and I am the founder of an organization called Hervolution. We are a charitable organization that focuses on inspiring girls to pursue STEM careers. And we do this through um, STEM programs for mainly high school girls. And we also do this through partnering with companies that are able to support the future of work in Canada, basically. That's such an incredible organization. You've made so much progress over the last few years. Tell me a little bit about how this whole COVID-19 situation has impacted you and how it's impacted your organization as well. On a personal level, it's hard for me to take all of this in. I wasn't really prepared for everything that's happening, and I don't think anybody really was. On a professional level, is I'm very, very heartbroken, so to speak, because our program, you know, what they're focusing on supporting girls that come with various barriers. The main barrier that most of the girls have are low income. So most of the girls that we work with do not have a computer at home or they don't have internet. And it makes it very, very hard for us to be able to, first of all, one is to reach out to the girls. And second is to participate in the programs. The model that we've had was for us to take the young women and, and bring them into a company or inside a post-secondary school so they can have that first-hand experience and learn what it's like to work in a tech company, for example, or what it's like to actually have the college life or the university life. But now with everything that's happening, all this online learning, it's going to be very, very hard for us to be able to support the girls that we originally do support. So this is the part that is makes it very, very hard because online learning is not created equal for everyone. So it's going to be tough, but uh, definitely working on making sure that we provide laptops to the young women working and see if we can get some funding and so that we can provide internet for them to at least have access to internet and laptop while in the program. 
hopefully for the rest of the year, see what that's going to look like, still working on this plan, but that's basically what we need to do, uh, changing the way we do things like a lot of people are these days, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so many of us kind of take the technology that we have at our fingertips for granted and just being Mm -hmm. able to access the internet. There's a lot of people who don't have that luxury. As an example, last year, whether a program out of 30 girls, 12 girls did not have a computer. So that's like what, 40% of the young women that did not have a computer. And we think this is Canada and Toronto, Canada. And again, we take it for granted and we consider it to be a rich country and you know, so many people do not have the basic internet needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before we kind of get to the community side of things, um, is there anything that we can do to kind of help support? Do you have somewhere where people can donate or, you know, get, like maybe some people have like an older laptop that they're not using that they can connect with you? Actually, and- so in terms of laptops, we work with this organization called Sky's the Limit. So if you can, anybody can donate the laptops to them, they give it to us when we need it. If you want to make a financial contribution, our website, we have a donate button. Okay, that's that's really great. And I'm sure that some people will definitely get involved in that. So now on the community side of things, how have you been able to maintain your sense of community through all of this? Personal sense of community and then also um, with your organization as well. Mm-hmm. On my personal level, I started this local business heroes thing mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. I figured, you know, there's so many local businesses that are going to be impacted by what's happening. And I wanted to create a space where I can share those local businesses that are my LinkedIn contacts. You know, so almost every day I have a story of one of my contacts and what they do and how they cope with whatever is happening. I think it's a really great way for people to be exposed to those local communities and find a way to support them and to support each other. And in terms of uh, professional, I'm contacting as many girls as possible. I try to have a one-on-one conversation. I'm reaching out to the ones that I know may not have a computer, just trying to collect that data, um, reaching out to see how some, some of the girls are impacted with the internet and also at home do they have this space for online learning what does that look like for them and trying to figure out how we can help and support them and that's you know that's helped me saying and then on the personal side outside of the professional things that you're doing to stay connected how are you staying connected with your friends how are you sort of staying social you know I find that now it's the time to reach out just because you know I've had this moment when I felt like oh my god this is the worst thing ever and you know being selfish for a minute I thought I need to connect and talk to people but then I realized that the more we connect with each other the better we both feel so you know trying to get other people involved in that you know see how we can just checking in with people you know making sure that everyone is okay I'm also a single mom so I'm reaching out to some parents and maybe they can have some tips and how do we do this online learning because the school board is not ready for this and yeah. you know trying to figure out how can we help and support each other that way too you know and one thing that I do is I'm real I'm expressing I feel really sad right now like this is a hard time like how do you feel and they get to to expose how they feel and they're being honest you know about how they feel and then we get at least having that honest conversation it helps dealing with the hard times when we feel like I just want to get out right now absolutely I mean I think that's so key like you can't just go on and pretend that everything is perfect yeah everybody's struggling and I think it's great that you're being open I think it helps your kids kind of see you as not just their mom but a real a real human and somebody who's going through the same thing that they are 
Awesome. Doina, so my last question for you is, uh, what is something that you're grateful for right now during this crazy time? I'm grateful for technology that I have. I'm grateful that I'm able to connect with people in a way that would have been impossible if I wouldn't have a computer, if I wouldn't have internet access, you know, and I'm grateful for people that reach out. I'm grateful for people that I get to reach out to. And I'm grateful that I'm able to stay connected, even though we are disconnecting in some way. That's what I'm really grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you on that. Awesome, Doina. Thank you again for joining me. It's so great to chat. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you for doing what you do. It's really much appreciated. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. You can find details about how to connect with all the guests from this episode at createcommunitypod.com slash quarantine. I hope you enjoyed this special episode. All the guests showed that physical distancing does not have to mean social isolation. Stay safe, wash your hands, don't hoard toilet paper, and keep creating your community. Thanks for tuning in to Create Community, a podcast where I chat with incredible community builders to define what community truly means. You can check out the series on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you normally listen. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. I'd really love to hear your feedback. You can also follow us on Instagram at createcommunitypod or check out our website at createcommunitypod.com for updates. Once again, I'm Marsha Drucker, your host, signing off.